Hey now, we are getting over and I am the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, here to lead you through these hard times. Data with a special instant reaction edition of your favorite professional wrestling podcast. That's right, Getting Over is back and it is Friday night, the night before the 2024 WWE Royal Rumble. That is not the major headline on today's special show. That is that Vince McMahon has officially resigned from TKO Group and WWE. We are going to get into all of that momentarily once again on this special instant reaction edition of the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast. Before we get to that, please allow me to remind you that here on this show, the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast is all about the five. So please head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave a five-star rating on Apple, take a little extra time, leave a five-star written review. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news, analysis, highlights, all of that good stuff. It is also where you will have an opportunity to vote in our pre- and post-show polls surrounding the WWE Royal Rumble, and we will use your votes in our instant analysis podcast coming Saturday night, early Sunday morning, as soon as the Royal Rumble goes off the air. Again, please follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast. And lastly, please remember that the Silver King loves the number five. So head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash getting over, sign up. You'll get bonus audio, the fastest five minutes in professional wrestling. You will get exclusive news posts, all of that by becoming an official getting overhead for just $5 a month or 50 for the entire year. You're supporting the podcast. You're getting extra content. Every reason in the world to head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. As you can tell, there is no soundboard tonight. Unfortunately, the system we were going to operate on did not work. Therefore, the Silver King is coming to you from the microphone on his computer, and we're doing the absolute best that we can, but hopefully this is all rectified for the instant analysis on Saturday night. And I would be remiss if I did not mention, of course, that I am in the Tampa St. Pete area, will be going to the 2024 Royal Rumble on Saturday, my first major wrestling event since WrestleMania 35. So we're pretty discombobulated here. We're doing the absolute best we can. Vintage Chris Vanini is here. I did not get an opportunity to mention that yet, but we're jumping right into the big headline of the day. And then we will provide you with a quick look at the 2024 WWE Royal Rumble with a special go-home show. Everything that happened on SmackDown and some updated predictions regarding the Royal Rumble. The big news, of course, is that Vince McMahon has resigned from TKO and WWE again. Friday night, literally while SmackDown was airing live on Fox, WWE President Nick Khan sent an internal letter to staff informing them that McMahon tendered his resignation from his positions as TKO executive chairman and on the TKO board of directors. That was a direct quote. Further clarifying that quote, he will no longer have a role with TKO Group Holdings or WWE. Now, Getting Over was able to confirm this shortly after, and McMahon released a statement on his resignation while promising to vigorously defend himself against recent accusations. More on those in a moment. Don't get this twisted. McMahon's resignation did not come of his own volition. While technically he was given the chairman post of TKO until death, the executive chairman role, McMahon's continuation with TKO was simply untenable. 
After Slim Jim, one of WWE's top two to four sponsors, they announced they were pausing all promotional efforts with the company. That likely included a match sponsorship Saturday at the Royal Rumble. Other WWE sponsors were reportedly considering similar actions, at least prior to this move. As the saying goes, money talks, bullshit walks. This is McMahon's second resignation in 19 months. And unlike the last time when he unretired after six months and was able to force his way back into the company under the guise of exploring a sale of WWE, this is the final nail in the coffin. He's going to keep his stock. He has 70% of the original amount left post-sale, I believe. But it's fair to assume he's probably going to start selling more and more of it. Whether he'll completely divest, that remains to be seen. I'd guess it's unlikely. Still, he's not going to have any power. And there is basically no scenario in which it would make even a shred of sense for him to get it back. It's not his company anymore. I think people need to remember, still in the past, he was the majority shareholder of WWE. He does not have the power now in TKO, especially now that he's resigned. We all probably rolled our eyes and turned up our noses at the comments that Ari Emanuel made when that TKO merger went through about doing everything he possibly could to ensure Vince remained with WWE and how important he was to the company. This is just desserts from all that. You put your name behind someone like Vince after already having read prior lawsuits and prior accusations against him, you get what you deserve. Ari had to do what he had to do to get the merger completed, but these are the consequences now of those actions. And look, this is an instant reaction show. So we're not going to get every detail of this horrific sexual misconduct and trafficking lawsuit in here. And by the way, it came out while I was driving to Tampa. Crazy the stuff that has timed improperly or, you know, ineffectively for yours truly, just when I've been traveling or about to travel. Same thing with vintage Chris Vanini, just hasn't been great over the last year and a half. But suffice to say, this lawsuit includes immensely graphic allegations. It includes everything from text messages about gang rape to actions including, and here we reach another, I guess you could call it milestone on the Getting Over Wrestling podcast, actions including defecating on a woman's head and continuing to have a threesome with her. There are myriad text messages showing his depravity, both fantasy and reality and allegations, including sharing this woman with John Laurinaitis, using her as an inducement in contract negotiations, presumably with Brock Lesnar, someone described like Brock Lesnar would be described. It was tough to tell whether those were like real or shit talking, but nevertheless, that's almost a minor detail when going through that lawsuit. So Vince is officially out of WWE. And here we are in the same spot we were, or a similar spot as to what we were 19 months ago, the last time we discussed him leaving the company. At that point, Chris and I, we put together an hour-long episode about his WWE tenure, the retirement. I said an hour long, it was probably two. You know us. Uh, his retirement, et cetera. And really, you can go back to that show and listen to our detailed breakdown of all of that. The difference between now and then is that this time, it's for good. WWE has proven what we have suspected all along. It will not just survive without Vince McMahon. It will continue to thrive without Vince McMahon. It was good riddance the first time, and it's good riddance forever this time. We're usually here to give you like detailed breakdowns and analysis, but and and Chris, you texted this to me. I'm not even sure what else there is to say about this. Vince is gonna have to live with this for the rest of his life. Vince 
screwed Vince. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Vince. Yeah, look, I mean, we discussed Thursday if we should do an emergency episode reaction to the lawsuit itself, and we didn't really feel comfortable doing it because all there was to talk about was a lot of the specifics, which you said are right. pretty graphic and depraved. And the the, the the basics of the of the facts, if anybody hasn't read it, you can find the lawsuit, read it all for yourself. I would highly recommend not doing that, but the, the, <laughs> the, the basic sense is... He befriended this woman who was who was short on money. Her parents had just died, was in a tough spot. Vince offered her a job. She thought that was great. Very quickly turned into basically uh, a sexual relationship for the job, and she felt trapped in it for a few years. And various other things happened, and she basically said she went numb to kind of get through the encounters, and it just it sounded like a terrible experience. Now, these are allegations. It's worth saying this is not... Absolutely. Proven yet, Vince has denied it, but but that is the claims being made. And so we didn't want to just do a podcast about that because there wasn't much more to say. But it really would have been just going over the sick details one yeah, after we did, another. we didn't want to yeah. do that. So now that Vince is out, um, we felt it was a good time to talk about it because Vince is out and he's out, out. He is yeah. done. He is he not gone. coming back. He is, he, the last time he retired, he was a controlling shareholder and could force his way back in. That is not the case this time. He sold the company. It mm-hmm. merged. He doesn't have... Endeavor now has a controlling share of the whole thing. To clarify, Vince McMahon was the individual with the most stock, even now. But that does not mean he had majority power in the company. He does not. It is TKO, WWE, Ari Emanuel is on top of it. Vince McMahon was chairman on the board. He was. He no longer is. And they're not going to vote him back into that role ever. There's no way. Yeah, there, yeah, there's no way. So he's done. The Vince McMahon in WWE is done, like Correct. for 100% this time. And that is still pretty wild to, to think about, given the whole history yeah. of pro wrestling in, in the company. So, you know, ultimately, um, not surprised. I mean, this, this, these allegations were the first anonymous tip to the WWE board in 2022 that started these other mm-hmm. investigations that discovered the other NDAs and stuff like that. And so it's just all ultimately coming together. TKO knew there were skeletons in the closet, and it's honestly makes it stunning why Ari Emanuel said what he said about Vince McMahon and wanting to have him on and all these kinds of things. And I don't know if, look, I don't know if Vince said, I'm only doing this if I get to be a part of it. I I don't know the details, but TKO had said. Let let me just just clarify that. So so one of the issues was Vince McMahon wanted, he's like, if we're going to do this, I'm not going to accept anything less than 5149 in terms of like power and control. And the way Ari kind of put the whole thing together to make it work for Vince was he gave him 5149 and he made him executive chairman of the board. So basically saying, hey, you get don't forget, he had the majority of board seats. He had all these individual Mm -hmm. powers that, again, it was until death, incapacitation or he chose to resign. So he, in theory, could have stayed here and torpedoed the entire company with him. I assume Ari, Nick Khan, whomever, called him and basically said, Mark Shapiro probably, called him and said, look, dude, you're just going to absolutely kill this company that you built up over six decades. You have to resign. There's absolutely nothing. We're going to lose all of our sponsors. Like, it's over. And then I assume he made the right decision, you know, finally. (laughs) And actually, yeah. I don't. Some people have thought maybe he went kicking and screaming. I don't know. But, But it happened. It had to happen. He knew it had to happen. TKO had said in a... SEC filing in the fall that the investigations into Vince McMahon were a risk 
to the company yeah. and the shareholders. They knew yep. like there was stuff out there and they knew that this was going on. They knew that Vince McMahon was hit with a search warrant and a subpoena last summer. Like the mm-hmm. government is currently investigating him and that could be him. It could be the company. We don't know how far that expands, but that is like existential type of stuff when the government is getting involved. So again, this is totally. not over either just no, because Vince McMahon resigned from the board. But, but this is... Um, a historic moment for wrestling and and so uh major major stuff there and but first and foremost you know you think about the the victims the alleged victims and the the allegations that they have made and this is just one person making these claims about her experience remember there are multiple women who have signed ndas for multiple experiences that we don't know about so uh pretty sick stuff and this had to be done and it it finally did yeah, it's it's incredible. And it's also incredible, Chris, that really, again, two times in 19 months, we've been able to tape a podcast and basically say, this is one of the most monumental nights in the history of professional wrestling. And, and it's, it's, I said twice, it's really three times because the merger, you know, that came into play as well. So three times in the last 19 months, we've been able to say that. And, you know, we talk about the year in review episode. Here we are 26 days into January. And it like, we thought 2022 would be unmatched. Then we said, hey, you know, 2023 came pretty damn close. And here we are in 2024. The first 26 days, I'd say, are bigger and crazier than the first 26 days of those two months. So it's just absolutely wild. One thing I did forget to mention, and it's really an insane part of how this transpired, is the reason this lawsuit was filed and that these allegations came out at this time is all because McMahon stopped paying a $3 million settlement that he reached with this woman. It was an NDA. He mm-hmm. paid a million dollars and then never made any other installment payments because he believed that she broke the NDA by discussing her situation with the whistleblower who went public leading to his first resignation and retirement. Right. If Vince had just paid the other $2 million and finished out the NDA, none of this happens. At least you don't well, think this happens, most pop- likely. Possibly, um, you know, it's it's still possible that we don't know this anonymous. She could have decided to break the NDA of her own accord if she well, wanted. Well, it's but. well, it's 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 the anonymous tip to the board. We don't know who made that or how it did, but the payments stopped um, after that. Uh, right after that, it, exactly because because at that point the WWE board was investigating, and so Vince, I do, probably he's like, why should I pay anymore? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> exactly. not that why that I should, but probably couldn't because he was caught already. Oh, possibly, yeah. Stuff. But I mean, so, you're allowed to have an, you're allowed to have an NDA and make payments, like right? That. But when you're under investigation for them, correct by your yes, company, correct. exactly is in a weird spot because Vince in, in the lawsuit it explains that he says, hey, Linda found out we like he ends this like two and a half year relationship like very quickly because he's like some people found out we got to end this it's going to be damaging if it comes out so like people were getting you know were, were, were getting close to it anyway so it it um that's the only reason the relationship ended so that right 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 whole whole mess of stuff really is there anything else that we're missing here that we need to discuss in this type of instant reaction setting i mean look Potentially more comes out that we could discuss for the Royal Rumble instant analysis. Obviously, we have a WWE podcast coming on Tuesday, our normal show schedule. I I feel like in some way, Chris, there's probably more meat on the bone here. But again, I want to repeat, we had this conversation 19 months ago and then again had it when WWE merged 
with Endeavor to become TKO. And it's just like, how many more times are we going to repeat the same things about Vince McMahon's history in WWE? Yeah, it, it, the it, impact given, on the industry, et cetera. Yeah. And the last time it happened, it was a retirement. We didn't know the details. It was kind of vague, generic. Now that we know a lot of these specific allegations, I do not feel like recounting Vince McMahon's career in wrestling. It would just be <laughs> wrong right. and, and disgusting to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's, what we, that's what we thought about the lawsuit. I read the entire thing from beginning to end. It's mm-hmm. brutal. I felt disgusting afterward. Yeah. Um, and this was this was always it was going to catch up to him. For sure. And, 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 and it eventually did. And there was no like, I don't know if he knew this was coming and that's why he sold the company. And like, I, I don't we don't know. But as soon as he no longer had controlling share, it felt like there was no way he was going to stick it out. Like like TKO yeah. knew that this was knew that there was stuff going on. And so ultimately, uh, it makes sense. I, I do think the Slim Jim sponsorship oh, yeah. poll played a big role. Because as soon as as soon as you're directly impacting TKO's advertising revenue, like that is a big big deal, and the Slim Jim deal is a big deal for them. Like that that's a long term, lots of stuff involved in it, so uh, had to be done, and uh, TKO had to to do that going forward. And again, this isn't over. There's we'll see if this case moves forward. We'll see if other people are named. We'll see if TKO tries to get more people connected to Vince out of the company. We, we don't know, but. Uh, uh, this is a major, major step that had to be done. That's a real good way, Chris, to wrap it up and not to like flippantly now move to discussing wrestling, but that's what we need to do. We're going to go and give you your 2024 WWE Royal Rumble go home show. We usually only do this if there is a major development on SmackDown right before a premium live event. But in this case, we both just watched the show. Royal Rumble is tomorrow. And there were a couple items that affected the four matches on the card. So we're going to go ahead, break those down for you. We'll do a second chance prediction type of situation. Uh, We'll remind you what our pre-show expectation grades are. And then we'll just kind of wrap this up and get you into the Royal Rumble. And just one more reminder, uh, we will have a WWE Royal Rumble instant analysis podcast Saturday night, early Sunday morning, as soon as that show goes off the air. And on top of that, we will have pre and post-show polls for you on Twitter at Getting Overcast. Your votes are important because we discuss them as part of that instant analysis show. So let's just start with the United States Championship, Logan Paul defending the title against Kevin Owens. We saw footage on SmackDown of KO and Paul bumping into each other at the WWE Performance Center and needing to get pulled apart. This was first released on social media. I thought it was pretty cool. Clearly, they were both there working out the match for Saturday, but it was a smart segment. They've done this many times in NXT. And Logan Paul also announced earlier in the day that he had re-signed or extended his contract with WWE and apparently... He's going to do it more full time. I feel like he said the same thing three different times, but yeah. we still see him on the same regular intervals that we've seen him before. But look, he works in WWE. He has a big showcase, one of only four matches on the Royal Rumble. So all in all, I just thought it was a good build for this match. Yeah, it's just some extra juice to throw on to, to, to what they've got. This is a feud that is built on animosity you know it's not it's not really built on the u.s title it's really built on just these guys hating each other and so yeah that makes sense you know these are the type of things where it's like when you start a match with a blood feud type of thing you want guys going at each other right away and so this is an example of just upping that intensity and uh uh it was good it was good yeah also, last... uh, Go ahead. Uh, one last logan paul thing before yeah i'm not sure if you're gonna move on but he had i think he had i saw a clip of him 
with John Cena on his podcast. I don't know if it was this week or not or when it that was. was wrong, that interview was released this week. I haven't. Yeah. To it yet. So he had told a story that I had missed bef- missed uh, before, but back in like 2017, I think, when Logan Paul was still like an up and coming YouTuber, he he um, uh, did a really horrible video in the suit. It's called the Suicide Forest in Japan. It had some videos mm-hmm. of some people who had killed themselves, and The Rock uh, cut ties with Logan Paul after that mm. and all the backlash that he went in. Logan Paul is very still sad about it slash upset about it because he said the rock didn't call him himself as a publicist who said hey delete every picture you have of of Dwayne and you and 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 so a lot of people kind of had pulled back from Logan Paul at that time and he still seemed hurt by it but also like kind of upset about it and so now that rock's like in the company again and Logan Paul's there I'm curious just kind of generally how that goes not that I think that will be a storyline or anything mm-hmm. it's fucking weird But um, (laughs) it was just something, it was an interesting thing that popped up in that interview with Cena and with The Rock now back in the company. uh, I found it interesting. By the way, here we are uh, on an instant reaction show. We've mentioned now suicide, defecation, and gang rape. This is a banner episode for the Getting Over Wrestling podcast. None of them, by the way, anything that we plan to discuss nor brought up on our own. Just things that relate to (laughs) wwe the the professional wrestling world that we're dealing with the professional wrestling world is often full of questionable (laughs) characters it's unbelievable anyway second chance predictions logan paul's retaining the title i still believe uh he loses it to la Knight at wrestlemania agree same pick okay all right men's royal rumble now just a reminder we came into smackdown on friday with only seven entrants being announced at that time i double confirmed it uh, I actually asked. I did get an opportunity. I forgot to mention this, by the way. We're going to have a bonus interview episode coming next week. I interviewed Gunther, Chad Gable, Otis, the Creed Brothers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they did say that none of them were announced for the match. Like, And they don't know where that came from. I get, you said it was either the bump or like a post show or something. But they're not being advertised for it. So just whatever. Doubled back and confirmed it. I think it said it on Wikipedia. It was incorrect. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Men's Royal Rumble. Seven were announced coming into SmackDown. Nick Aldis welcomed the new NXT general manager, Ava, who, by the way, is The Rock's daughter. Uh, She's the youngest GM in WWE history. Uh, Welcomed her backstage as the Bobby Lashley Street Profits group approached the lottery tumbler. Yes, it's back. Lashley pulled the number. Then a new Legato Del Fantasma. More on that Tuesday. We'll talk about that on the next WWE show. They approached as well. Lashley and Santos Escobar were the only ones to pull numbers. It feels weird not having Montez Ford in the Royal Rumble, and it's probably a mistake if that's the case. R-Truth also participated and asked if he had to quarantine after pulling his numbers. So the (laughs) presumption being he either pulled 11, representing like two lines on the test, or 19 for COVID-19, one of the two. Um, He also called Aldis Adam and got a huge laugh out of me thinking Pierce grew his hair out and was now (laughs) Nick Aldis. I thought that was hysterical. Uh, Look, no one is a perfect booker or perfect creative chief, but the fact that Paul Levesque listens to fans and happily adheres to minor requests, like bringing the lottery machine back, it's just so damn refreshing. Does watching a few men and women pull numbers that we don't get to see matter? No. Is it nostalgic and fun? Yes. Well, and it, it makes it feel random. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, Lee, like the whole idea is that it's supposed to be random and you don't know everybody's going to be in it. They draw a number. Like, again, the whole point of like the kayfabe is like you always wonder if they don't do that. How does it how did they pick the order? When did we mm-hmm. know that? Like they show it. It's a little bit of a fake behind the scenes. Here, here's the process of how the, the numbers get picked. All right, exactly. cool. Like it's just like it's like a little thing 
that just makes everything feel a little bit more legitimate. Mm -hmm. So like I said, there was seven coming in. Now there's 11. It is Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Damian Priest, Santos Escobar, R-Truth, Jimmy Uso, which we'll talk about momentarily, Kofi Kingston, and that's the 11. The 12th clearly is going to be Jey Uso. If Jimmy's in the match, Jey's going to be in the match. So let's say there's 12 of 30 officially announced for the Royal Rumble, a huge improvement over years past. In theory, they could completely ruin it like they did last year and announce 10 entrants on the kickoff show. For me, it won't matter because I'm not going to be watching the kickoff show. But I, fingers crossed, hope they don't do that for anyone else. In terms of surprises, Chris, I'm just going to say straight up, Brock Lesnar was set to return in this match. Now, that is clearly tenuous. There's no um, way. You I, can't. I don't see how they can do it. He wasn't going to win anyway, so I don't think it would have mattered. But it was going to set up a WrestleMania program. Um, I, so I would assume Brock is now not in the match. Best way I can say it. Uh, Andrade El Idolo makes a lot of sense for him to debut here, or I should say return here. Uh, Sami Zayn, he's been out for a long time. A return here makes sense. Sheamus, same thing. I forgot to mention Ricochet on Tuesday. They've been holding him out. I would guess we see him. Rey Mysterio would make a lot of sense as long as he's healthy coming back in this match. You have Omos, who's just perfect for a Royal Rumble as the big man. Also would be a perfect stand-in for Brock Lesnar. And then I just kind of threw out previously on the podcast, Braun Breaker, maybe Pat McAfee. I don't think there's going to be anyone else not signed to WWE that surprises unless it's just a legend like a Rob Van Dam or someone like that. Yeah, you don't think Okada is going to show up at the Rumble, right? No, I mean, number one, you know, the contract isn't done until January 31st. He has matches yeah. in Japan through February. I thought, look, there is at least a possibility that they can work out a deal. They did it with Carl Anderson, who was a, a NGPW champion, IWGP champion, uh, one of the mid-card titles, where he debuted or returned, I should say, to WWE, but he still finished out his dates with New Japan. Like, in theory, you could say, wow, that would make a lot of sense. Okada showing up would be huge. Uh, a, I don't know if he's going to sign with WWE, but B, from what I understand, no one there. And I spoke to a couple people who would know, and they probably wouldn't have told me, but they would have indicated perhaps I was not far off. Uh, it seemed like an impossibility. So don't expect yeah. Kazuchika Okada in this match. I, I um I don't. Wade Barrett has typically not done commentary for the pay per views, right? That would that would be uh, no. It would fun be fun one. to get him. It's in a fun match, when yeah. the com- cool. I think it happened with Lawler. I think it did. He walked out of he walked off you, commentary and got into the match. You do it, it and then fun. you finish, yeah, and yeah. then you come back and do commentary. That, I hope we get a couple of gimmicks. I, I'll say this: the last couple of years, I feel like there have not been like that many yeah. stunners. Really, there I haven't. mean, we like we had Edge in 2020, but like most of them. We, I think we Christian in the COVID It's been boring. Year. It, the last few years have been pretty boring in terms it, of surprises. Yeah, they've been yeah. good Royal Rumble matches. They've been booked well, except for the Shane McMahon one. But <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of someone who's not going to show up. Uh, <laughs> but but I think there there has not been a lot of surprises or even like fun stuff. It's mostly been current wrestlers and maybe a legend here or there. So I am it, curious if that changes you, at all this year. You mentioned commentary. Uh, Corey Graves has said he has been cleared to return to the ring if he so chooses. Would it pop you to see Corey get in the match? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, me too. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My prediction remains CM Punk. I saw a false report about WrestleMania plans that was debunked very quickly, I think, by the same person who reported it. And retracted, yeah. Sports (laughs) Illustrated. Look, Justin Rousseau, he's he's a good writer, good reporter. He usually doesn't... 
He usually yeah. doesn't do prediction stuff like this. It never. Well, he did, it, dude. He did, and weird. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shitting on him. Yeah. We don't do that on this podcast. But he did report like John Cena was going to fight Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. That was very wrong. This happened. Yeah. No, I read the report. It was unbelievable. Meaning not able to be believed when yeah. I read it, especially since I have a general idea of what is gonna happen unless of course plans change based on the don't rock. tell me um no i'm not gonna say anything um <laughs> but but my but my point is what he wrote was not it It was almost like it was almost like an ai watched raw on monday yeah. and assumed what happened on raw was therefore going to happen at the royal rumble into wrestlemania it was very strange but yeah, regardless I, I, yeah, yeah i couldn't believe he he, re- he retracted it i think he did that he day did. or the next day and he said he thinks it may have been wwe trying to potentially get some misinformation out there either reports have somebody report something that they know is wrong for the sake of a swerve or because they wanted to find a leak that's always a yeah, possibility with very possible thing. so um that got debunked very quickly if you saw that if you saw the headlines oh cody rhodes's wrestlemania may not have blah, 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 that's that's not yeah. that's not what that was so my Point pick, is though yeah go for it yeah, yeah in, in, in my pick is cody rhodes uh, mm. for what i said in the ultimate preview which is it's a safe pick with the Seth Rollins stuff, he'll probably be okay, but he seems a bit up in the air. I think mm-hmm. it's safer to just do Cody, get him facing Roman, and if if Seth is okay, you can get to Punk Seth very easily. And and it puts him in rarefied air too, back to back. And look, I got like six tweets about this. Last <laughs> week on the show, let me be very clear. I said what Michael Cole said, that Steve Austin, I thought he said, was the only one to go back to back. Now, should I have clarified that? Yes. He also may have said that he was the last one to go back to back, which is accurate. Steve Austin, um, Hulk Hogan, and then I think this would be Cody, right? That's it. Shawn Michaels Michaels. did it. Shawn Shawn Michaels Michaels did it in 95, 96, I think. And then Austin did it in 97, 98. Yes. So Shawn Michaels as well. So he would be the fourth ever to do it. There is something to be said for that. I feel like it's going to be CM Punk for the headlines, the pop, for Cody's road to finish his story, to be more difficult. He has to go now win it in Elimination Chamber. He can see he won the Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber and main evented WrestleMania in back-to-back years. To me, like, you can win the Royal Rumble twice, fine, whatever. It's kind of like an eye roll. I'd almost rather him get eliminated and make people think he's not going to get the Roman Reigns match. That's way better booking than him winning it twice. They did a really good job of booking this uh, on Monday, the Rumble. Imagine Mm -hmm. if we've got Punk and Cody to finish it. Like that's gonna oh, be electric. God. Like it was, that, well, that, what was it? It was Cody crazy. and Gunther last year, right? It was Cody and Gunther last year. Oh, yeah. that was sick. They got like ten minutes too, and it was great. I mean, and also, don't forget, if you get Cody and CM Punk here, and let's say Cody does win the title, right? That's your WrestleMania forty one match, Cody and CM Punk. Done. Yeah. Yep. Either night one or night two main event, all set. You could do Brock and uh, Roman Reigns night two. You could do Cody Rhodes and CM Punk night one, and everyone's happy. Um, I think it's odd. I don't know how old CM Punk is. I don't have it like right in front of me. But for like CM Punk to come back, his first match back is the Royal Rumble. He wins. He gets a title match at WrestleMania. Like, yes, it's CM Punk. No question. Like one of the biggest stars in the company, you know, in recent years and also just now. But it feels like the Royal Rumble used to be best used to put someone fresh over as a main eventer, what they did with Drew McIntyre. That's the last time that the Royal Rumble has really been used that way. You could say with Cody as well, and I I guess that's unfair for me because Cody was never in the main event scene in WWE prior to that. So let me kind of backtrack that a little bit. But Cody and Drew McIntyre, those are like the way the Royal Rumble should be used as far as I'm concerned. But look, if your two title matches are going to involve, let's just make believe, CM Punk and Cody Rose's challengers, then CM Punk winning is not the worst idea. 
Yep. Yep. I, right. I think both both have high shot. And I think if you just have them in the fi- I imagine they'll both be in the final four at least. I, I Probably, yeah. It's going to be a very exciting finish to this. Let's move to the Women's Royal Rumble. Bailey got an extended promo package talking about making history in WWE, battling back from injury a few years ago, finally finding herself and creating damage control in July 2022, only for it now to be extended with Kyrie Sane and Asuka. It ended with her promising to win the Royal Rumble, challenge Rhea Ripley, win the title, fulfilling their entire prophecy as a faction. She and Bianca Belair picked numbers backstage. That promo, it might have been the single best extended promo that Bailey has done since the formation of Damage Control when she returned in July 2022. And it was expertly put together by production because it started with us feeling empathy for her and being on her side. And then she turns and is like, and then I created a heel faction and we've run roughshod over the company, right? So you remember she's a heel. Now there was a title change on SmackDown. The Kabuki Warriors won the women's tag team titles. We will talk about that on Tuesday. But in their celebration, they completely left Bailey hanging, which is, of course, notable. And for her to feel kind of upset going into the Royal Rumble, possibly winning it, well, who might she take that out on? It would probably be EO Sky. I don't know if Bailey's going to win. It could be Elimination Chamber. She could work her way into a number one contendership another way. But it doesn't really feel like Bianca Belair is going to win, at least as far as I'm concerned. Charlotte Flair is now injured. For me, it makes all the sense in the world for Bailey to win the Royal Rumble. And what a great moment that would be for her. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed you and I both picked the same one. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like Becky feels like the obvious one. Hey, Becky, Rhea, they've been hitting at it. Yeah, Becky's right. making this big comeback. She's the star. Boom. Kind of like the Cody thing, too. Uh, yeah. But instead, we both picked Bailey, And I'm sticking with Bailey too, because you got the two titles. That one makes sense. Um, and Becky can get to Rhea any which way you want, especially because Nia's in line first, you mm-hmm. would think. So, um, yeah, this is another one where, I mean, you you have Becky and Bailey near the finish, or you maybe have Becky, Bailey, Nia. Nia eliminates Becky. Bailey mm-hmm. eliminates Nia. That kind of starts the Becky, the Bailey face turn a bit, and then she kind of goes after EOS Guy, and boom, there you go. So I, I think that would be a, a fun way to, to, to finish that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, did you agree that the promo package was as good as I did? Like, do you, did yeah, you agree look, with my opinion? They did the, they did the yeah. one like a month ago when they first became group of five. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, five. And Bailey cut that promo. Hey, we're coming for the whole women's division. We love that. We said at the time that was the best thing they had done with damage control. So now they've done two of these vignettes instead of in the ring promos. And it really builds them up, man. Yep. Damage control could have used that long ago oh yeah for those sure. those backstage vignettes are working a lot better than the in-ring promos bailey's a great promo it just mm-hmm. doesn't she just doesn't come across as fearful or right. as someone to fear she comes across as yeah kind of whiny heel which is just what, what she does so you you throw the the black and white you throw the everything else behind it and it looks great so th- that's two of these now in about a month we've gotten that have been really good yeah, no question. Just to uh, do the same thing I did for the men, Becky Lynch, Nia Jax, Bailey, and Bianca Belair are the only four women announced, and they did not add anyone else. When it comes to the Women's Royal Rumble, it's going to be really interesting. They usually throw in some legends, and I feel like there's going to be a, the women's one is going to be newsworthy. Okay, a lot of debuts, uh, a lot of returns, things like that. So I've talked about this on the podcast. I'm not telling you anything, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like what the obvious speculation is and some surprises that are possible. Uh, Naomi, who finished up with TNA Wrestling, formerly Impact. Uh, she was Trinity, of course, over there. Uh, she has resigned with WWE. That's out there. So, I mean, 
I think it's pretty obvious she's going to. Well, I didn't know that for sure. For sure. Now, I mean, I figured she was going to be back. I mean, it's pretty. It's been pretty obvious. I apologize if that was a spoiler (laughs) for anyone. I didn't mean it to be. AJ Lee, like it feels unlikely. She said she was never wrestling again, but CM Punk's back. She did the training for heels. It feels more possible than ever. Mickey Mm -hmm. James is a free agent, so like, why not? Right? Like, people would pop for her. Uh, Jade Cargill making her debut and dominating for a period. That seems obvious and an absolute no-brainer. They haven't mentioned mm-hmm. her in months, probably for this reason. Mm-hmm. Liv Morgan making her huge return, a huge fan favor. That would be a big moment. And then look, there is the Sasha Banks element out there. Everyone seems positive she's going to AEW. She most likely is. But you never know, right? And if that happened on top of everything I just mentioned, that would be pretty epic. Yeah, I mean, look, Sean Ross Sapp, who's a very good reporter, is basically yelling on his show. She's yeah. going to AEW, so he seems pretty sure she's going to AEW. But look, yeah. I'd love for it to be wrong. I'd love to be surprised. Well, That's what have I said the whole time? I said when number 30 comes out and it's not her, then I'll believe 100% that she goes to, yeah. she's going to AEW. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I, 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 yeah. yeah. Kind of with the Brock stuff, I do wonder, um, for a totally different reason, but I do wonder if the Vince News causes anybody who was going to make to a surprise out. to pull out I, I don't know it's just something i, I wonder if that uh, if that news makes any other impact mm-hmm. uh, as well so yeah no those all make sense i think jade cargill is the one we're we're looking for looking to sure. make a big thing um probably get if she's in there you want to get her into the final four you would think so yeah uh, yeah yeah and by the way i didn't mention anyone from nxt like i did for the men uh, i think lash legend would make a lot of sense. Let me just pick that one out of thin air and yeah. go with go with her as an NXT uh, debutante here. Uh, we'll quickly do the undisputed WWE Universal Championship: Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, LA Knight, AJ Styles. There was a lot that happened, so we'll get through it as quick as we can. Eladio Carrion, I guess, a Latin artist who recorded a new song RKO that features Orton. Open SmackDown, introducing him. Never heard of this guy before. Probably just not my genre of music. Uh, Orton then caught an extended promo saying he's confident that he can stop Reigns and become a 15-time champion. Styles came out in his trench coat or whatever talking shit. There was an incredible production timing where he was about to say his LA Knight, like that name, and production hit the button. So as Styles would have said LA Knight, the intro to the music hit (laughs) that says LA Knight in that like robot voice or whatever. So um, Knight said Paul Heyman put him in a match with Solis Co. on the show, knowing he's the biggest threat to Reigns. Fire promo from Knight, which included a line about hitting Solo so hard that he dances like his dad, you know, Rikishi, and he even mm-hmm. did like a little bit of a dance. Randy Orton lost his shit when he saw that. <laughs> uh, Styles attacked Orton blind with a Pele kick that ended the segment. It was a really hot start to the show overall. It set up both the main event and the title match. Knight getting that much promo time, we always talk about that, right? It's always appreciated if you're going to do a segment Give him the mic, let him talk, because it's going to sell the match. Outside of like the forced marketing and the awkward start with the artist and Orton, it fully accomplished its goal, and it certainly helped that the Miami crowd was on fire for it. I've been to a yep. lot of WWE shows in South Florida, none recently because we've not had big ones down there. That was the hottest crowd that I have heard since The Rock made that surprise return on Raw all those years ago. That Miami crowd deserves a lot of credit for what they did Friday night on SmackDown. Absolutely. Great crowd. And uh, I always kind of judge a crowd on their L.A. night pop at this point. And they got they, they got a they got a good one there. And that's exa- it's exactly that promo was everything L.A. night is and everything LA, everybody loves about him. He comes yeah. up. He's talking shit. He's not scared. He's not backing down. He says his thing and then he just leaves. You know, like he's like it just it feels like he's in control mm-hmm. of what of, of 
every situation. And that's, we love that confidence yep. that his character always has. And he's in there with freaking Randy Orton and AJ Styles, and he keeps coming out of it looking like a star. That's credit to him. It's credit to the booking. They are giving him a lot. That they, yep. they are letting him shine, and it's totally working. No question. Uh, Jimmy Uso found Styles backstage, offering him a deal: help the Bloodline, get rid of Knight, and it will benefit all of them. The rest of the OC then came up asking what the hell is going on, but Styles told them not to worry about it. So that's something that's percolating. No question. Heyman then spoke with the Bloodline, telling Solo he solved the problem last week, but needs to fix it this week by. Uh, having no mercy, basically. Solo said, okay. Uh, Jimmy clowned a bit. Heyman then told Jimmy he needs to seize the moment just like his cousin did when he went from being the big dog to the tribal chief. The suggestion was that Jimmy make Seth Rollins a martyr by entering the Royal Rumble, winning, and becoming world heavyweight champion. Solo also stared down like that Eladio guy while he was doing an interview backstage. These were two strong like developmental segments. The biggest takeaway is now we may be getting, Chris, our launching pad for Jay and Jimmy because clearly Jay is going to be in this match even though he has not been announced yet. I presume Jay eliminates Jimmy. That costs him the opportunity to do what Heyman suggested and thus leads to Reigns telling Jimmy, you need to take out your brother if you want to prove yourself. Yep. I think that makes sense. Uh, it was a good little story to throw. Like it's, it's like this was a good go home show. As much as Raw it really was, was a bad yeah. one, uh, this was a good one. They really, they really put a lot into this fatal four. Look, we know Roman's winning. We're all picking Roman Reigns, but I've really appreciated the effort they have put into this fatal forward to make it feel like a big deal on top of all the star power. I am really excited for this match and they've just done a really good job of it. I need a quick point of order. Raw was not a bad go home show. That's not what we said. Well, it just, it they built much one match. They just show. built one yeah. match on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't much of a go home because it wasn't much matches. of a go show. Yeah. Yeah, they just, it was all focused on building the men's Royal Rumble Cause, match. Because there are no, because what? The, the two singles, the two Rumbles. Right. Two other matches, and those two other matches are SmackDown. So. Yeah, and almost everyone in the Raw, in the men's matches from Raw. So that's it was all about that one match. Three yeah. hours, basically, building that one match. Uh, we'll move to the final part here. Uh, Knight fought Sokoa in the main event. Knight surprisingly dominated the offense despite being the babyface. Styles ended up catching Knight with a phenomenal forearm off the barricade, leading to a DQ. He also threw him into the steel steps. Jimmy handed AJ a chair, and he was about to use it until Solo threatened him to use it or get beaten down. So Styles took out both members of the bloodline with it. Orton came out to stop Sokoa. He dropped him on the announce table, hit a draping DDT on Jimmy, and then AJ plus a bonus RKO on Styles. And Orton is celebrating. The crowd's going crazy. The show's about to end. The lower third copyright graphic comes on screen. And Knight catches him with a BFT to end it. I told you this Miami crowd was great. They were on absolute fire at the end of this segment. I got to tell you, this is the first time WWE, like I said, has done a big show in South Florida in a long time. 99 times out of 100, I would have been there. It's shitty for me that I had to drive <laughs> to Tampa and then miss it because for some reason, instead of doing SmackDown and Royal Rumble in the same city and then doing Raw in Miami, they did SmackDown in Miami. And now we're now going to do um, Royal Rumble and Raw in the same city two days hmm. apart, which just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so I'm frustrated. I'm just saying that now I wanted to. But this entire SmackDown banged. And this main event segment got the crowd going in a major way. They're fully invested into the title match. They got me more pumped up. I've told you that, like, I know the match is going to be good, but I wasn't that excited about it. This got me very excited about this match. It also helps that I'm here and it's less than 24 hours away. Um, but look, this just accomplished a lot. 
And now we know that Elliot Knight's not going to win because he, of course, stood tall on the go home show. Yeah. Which, again, instead of letting Randy Orton stand tall, you know, or, or AJ Styles or somebody, they let LA Knight shine again. Mm-hmm. That That's the thing that really, I think, sets up for him coming out of Royal Rumble and into doing something for WrestleMania. So, yeah, it was a great finish. Everything was great. Only thing was that the BFT sucked. He did yeah, not was that good. well. Yeah, it's not, not a good finisher. It's a hard it's finisher to make look good. It yeah. just is. I get it's like the Stone Cold Stunner and all these things, but you got to pull the guy all the way over. You can't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look impactful. It, it's skull crushing finale does it a lot better. So yeah, tough, sure. tough, uh, tough. You didn't quite hit it, but it's hard to hit it. So. I completely agree. We're both still picking Reigns, of course, to retain the title. I'm still sticking, Chris, with my A minus pre-show expectation grade. What about you? Uh, I A minus as well. Um, yeah, I, I think every all four things should be quite good. Yeah, and I but I don't think it's going to end with a Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn type of thing we got last year. Right. So uh, A minus. But it, just in general, to wrap up here, how, how excited are you that you had this? This this will be your first main roster WWE show you've been to in the history of the podcast. That is accurate. I have not been to one since WrestleMania 35, and that was pre a couple years pre podcast. Um, and I'm you did, and you did do the NXT. You did do the NXT down there, but that was but that was, that was a was singular different. that was a singular TV episode, very special. And and sitting in a room with 250 people. I mean, listen, John Cena yeah. and the Undertaker were there. I'm not complaining. Um, but that's very different than going to a stadium show or a big arena show. I haven't seen AEW ever. Um, they haven't. They have only come down here the tiny little shows in a really crappy Miami arena. I wasn't going to go to, um, especially that was also just post COVID and like, I wasn't risking that. Um, I haven't done anything for WWE. They haven't really come down here. And when they did, it wasn't even a very good show. It was a whole thing. Um, I'm pretty damn excited. I got an inkling of where my tickets might be and yeah, uh, it might be pretty awesome. So, uh, listen, we're doing instant analysis, right? Saturday night, as soon as the show goes off the air, we're going to be flipping the script a little bit. Vintage Chris Vanini will largely be hosting the show. Silver King will be doing the, I guess, color commentary version of it, I guess, of, of our one-two punch here. Uh, so we're going to flip it up a little bit. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm excited for you to kind of lead the charge a little bit. And look, I we just gave our pre-show grades. Let me remind everyone, right? Uh, please, we will have our polls, the pre-show poll coming out 7 p.m. Eastern, one hour before the show begins, our post-show poll as soon as Royal Rumble ends and I'm able to actually type the poll out on my phone while I'm literally still in Tropicana Field. Uh, I'll get that out as soon as possible. And then, of course, we will have your WWE Royal Rumble Instant Analysis Podcast. So what we need from you is to vote in two polls and then listen to our show not really that much to ask, I don't think, for this high-quality performance-enhancing audio that we are dropping into your ear holes first now, Friday night, and of course, coming up Saturday night. Vintage, I appreciate you jumping on to do this instant reaction, of course, to the Vince McMahon resignation and the special WWE Royal Rumble Go Home Show. On the way out, a reminder that the Getting Over Wrestling Podcast is indeed all about the five. So head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop some five-star ratings on Apple. Take a little extra time. Leave a five-star written review. If you do, we will read it live right here on the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Getting Overcast for episode drops, news, highlights, analysis, all of that good stuff. It is also where you can vote in both of those polls, and you can send us tweets or DMs, questions and comments, either about the Royal Rumble or potentially things going into next week on Raw. Coming out of Raw, we will read those on the show as frequently as we can. Please also remember that we love the number five here. 
at getting over. So head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. Sign up $5 a month, 50 for the entire year. You become an official getting overhead. You support the show. You also get bonus audio, exclusive news posts. Again, all of that. Buymeacoffee.com slash getting over. Chris, thank you once again for joining everyone out there. Thank you once again for listening. For Vintage Chris Manini, this is the Silver King, Adam Silverstein, signing off and leaving you with just three final quotes. Bye for now.